0: You're listening to the Fantrax Radio Network. Fantasy sports
2: lives here. During this.
0: That's fun. We're live. We're live. Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by the Fantrax Podcast Network. I am Pat Donovan and joining me tonight. In the middle of an auction draft for football is Nick Legatino. Yeah, sorry
2: for the riff draft. We are literally mid draft
0: right now. This shit is crazy. This is chaos. This is chaos. And joining us as well, doing auction bingo from his race car <laughs> bed, we've got Joe Saunders.
1: Auction bingo? What is that supposed to be? I
0: 68. <laughs> <I-68>. um, <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, let's kick the show off. Uh we've got a great show for you guys tonight with some news and notes. Obviously the big news broke earlier today is Shohei how Otani is suffering from a um a new case of UCL damage. Oh, and God, Tommy John has been repre- Tommy John has been recommended for him. Um Joe, I believe you had told me that he
1: actually played tonight. Yeah, you had two home runs. Jesus. he's an animal.
2: All, all right, right, so no more pitching. That's all.
1: Well, first of all, don't draft an angel ever because they're gonna die. And second of all, the Angels mismanaged this terribly. I mean, why was he even pitching? Yeah, and why was he hitting tonight? I don't know. <laughs> why, is not, why is he not getting surgery? This doesn't make sense to me this, at all. Listen. He needs surgery. Wait, Nick. He needs. I need to rant. He yeah. needs surgery, right? And he's more valuable as a pitcher than a hitter. So why is he not getting surgery as soon as possible? This season is lost.
0: Well, for one, it's the player's option, right? Like you can't force him to have the surgery. So that's part of it, I think. But, I mean, to me, this was completely mismanaged. Like if if he insisted that he was not going to go through with the surgery, there was absolutely no need to pitch him the other day Of course not like they like that's where the mistake is, right It's more about the fact that they just decided oh well we're just gonna throw you out there randomly in September and and yeah I mean to an extent, you know it, it might have happened in April it may have happened in March it may have happened in February it may have happened the next time he picked up a baseball and threw a pitch but it, it's still just a really really bad look. For that organization, especially considering the fact that they've really, really struggled to keep pitchers healthy, like, th- like I said to you, Joe. This was such a Mets move, totally, bringing him back in a pointless game, and now there's renewed or, or new UCL damage, um, and and Shohei is the pro. Like I can't imagine he's going to pitch again until you know what twenty twenty. How about not about just
2: not pitching
1: again uh no i don't think so i mean he's too talented not to pitch him
2: i know but he's really really good at the plate
1: um, yeah sure but like even if let's say he hits 30 home runs right mm-hmm. any i don't know bats 280 it's still not as valuable as like having an ace pitcher
2: well the contract wasn't crazy that they signed him right wasn't it like nah, a really like penis good...
1: it's like six million dollars a year
2: Exactly. So like, I don't know. I would, I would personally, I would just keep him on the field. Like he's been really good at the plate. Um, I mean, it sucks that he was in that kind of arm, but uh, does he, he's going to go down the U Darvish road. Don't, you don't want to go down that route now.
1: Well, the thing is though, is that the UCL was injured like day one, right? I mean, it was injured over the winter. We knew it was injured over the, it was, it was torn over the winter. Right. So like, I think they did a good job of of getting his starts in every now and then. I mean at one point he was pitching like once a week, which I think is probably the way to do it to keep him well rested to hit too. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think you gotta pitch him. I mean he's too talented not to be to to throw the to be throwing the ball.
0: <coughs> yeah, I agree. I mean I, I think that the pitching has gotta be the priority. Um you know, I mean, he he has exceeded my expectations as a hitter, but yeah, me too. I think the priority's got to be got to be the pitching going forward, Um and if they can, you know, get him convinced that surgery is the best option, I, I think that they should do it. Um, You know, and, and I know that's easy for us to say as people on the outside that don't have to actually have the surgery and be cut open and and whatnot. And we've seen the surgery you know, improve in terms of its success rate, but there are still plenty of examples where the guys never come back and are the same. But I mean, as far as, you know, looking at these players as assets to these teams, I think that surgery is probably uh, the best option, um, you know, for him to, to, to get back to maximizing his value to the angels. Okay, in other news, Josh Donaldson was traded to the Indians. What do you think of the fit? And can Donaldson redeem his lost year down the stretch? Nick, why don't you take this one to start? Yeah, I mean, I
2: I think it's definitely a good fit. Um, And, you know, the, the, the Indians, you could literally be batting ninth and rack up, like, really good RBI totals. Like, the lineup is so ridiculous. To me, it's probably the first or second best lineup in baseball. I just like the way it's built, like team comp wise. You got a lot of guys who get, get on base one through four. Um, then you've got, you know, Encarnacion and, you know, some other good role players on, down down in the lineup, but it gives them more depth. Um, I think I'll get the playing time. And if he stays healthy, he's going to produce. It's Josh Donaldson. Um, I like it.
1: Yeah. So I think this move is more of a move for the playoffs. Um, I mean, he's on the DL right now. Um, There's only three weeks left to go or so. Uh, So as far as him redeeming some of that lost value, I think that's pretty difficult for the regular season. Um, He's also incredibly difficult to predict as most of the season he was injured. And last year, we know that he put together a crazy run in such a small sample size. But I just don't know if there's enough time for him to really get going. Again, I think this was just a move to solidify their playoff roster and I wouldn't even be surprised if most of the time he's um he's uh he's like filling in or 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 splitting time.
0: I mean, when I look at the situation, you definitely have to look at it as though it's an upgrade. The Indians have one of the best lineups in baseball and the pitching in that division outside of Cleveland is terrible. So if he can get healthy and he does have a role where he's playing almost every day, which it's a good point, Joe. I mean, we don't know what his role is going to be given the fact that, you know, he, he has been, you know, so banged up this year, particularly as far as the regular season goes. I mean, you would imagine that he's going to play almost every day in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you don't know how concerned they're going to be with keeping him healthy because they've got the division on lockdown. Yeah, but if volume is not a concern, right? Like, let's just say we don't know what the Indians are going to do. Um, you know, teams do illogical things all the time. See Shohei Otani, um, so they might they might play him quite a bit down the stretch. And if they do, if even if he is a reduced version of himself, like let's say he's ninety percent of Josh Donaldson, that's still going to be a really, really good player in a really, really good lineup facing pitching that's not good at all. So You're- they have seven series left, right? The best pitcher they're going to see outside of a series with Boston is maybe Blake Snell and maybe Carlos Rodon. Yo, they, not, not all those
1: openers, yo, on the Rays? <laughs> Again, and you know what?
0: Like, I'm a fan, <laughs> I'm fan of the Tampa God. strategy, but...
1: I'm busting chaps.
0: Yeah, no, I know you are. But, like, with three weeks left, those are the best pitchers he's going to maybe face. And Snell sure. is great, but Rodon, we've gone over. Like, he's he's fine, but he's not... I We don't think he's special right now. So, even if he's 90% of what he was... He can legitimately tear the cover off the ball for three weeks.
2: The only thing thing that sucks about guys coming off the DL like this late in the year, fantasy-wise, just fantasy-wise, is that initially initially guys need time to, you know, get back up to speed with pitches, yada, yada, yada. So a guy like Donaldson who struggled already before he went on the DL because he was having a down year regardless. I think he's got like, what is that, five home runs in the season? And I don't know how many at-bats, but – um, nothing looked good so far. So the problem is, um, we have the playoffs next week, fantasy playoffs, and next week. And I just don't know if you could trust him enough to get him in your lineup. I, if he's if he's batting two thirty three and not hitting for a pot, which is where he was at pre DL, I don't know. I don't even know if he's worth the spot start.
1: Yeah, well, so he had a, the dead arm issue at the beginning of the year. He hasn't played a major league game since May twenty eighth. Yeah, it's May 28th. That's a long, that's a, long, a long time. time on him right and now. he's and he's eligible, he's only eligible to be activated on the 11th. So that's next week already. So I'm with you, Nick. I mean, there's just not enough time for it to happen. Yeah.
0: Okay, Andrew, McCutcheon went straight to the Yankees. What does this mean for Aaron Judge? And is this simply insurance or a clue that Judge might not be back, you know, at all? Um, judge has certainly made progress in recent days. He's swung off a tee and I believe he took batting practice, but what do you think about this move as far as it goes for McCutcheon? And what do you think it means for judge? So
1: take this one. Yeah. All
2: right. So,
0: uh, all right. So,
2: <laughs> here's, the deal, here's the deal with judge. Uh, if, right. if, you're, if you're a judge, if you're a judge owner right now, you are just so frustrated about what's going on because, um, obviously the initial timetable was absolutely ridiculous. Of uh, I think it was six to eight weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it. And said it was just retarded. Um, I, I saw that I saw it the night it happened. I was watching the game and I said, it to in the group chat. I was like, that's it. He's done. I could just tell right away he's done where he got hit. Um, but anyway, um, the progress that he's made has been very, very slow. And this week, I don't know if anyone's heard out there, but, um, He did swing off of a tee. (laughs) Last week he was swinging a wiffle ball bat. Now he's swinging off of a tee. He actually faced live pitching. He only took 25 swings, but that's – he's definitely getting closer. Um, My thinking is that, one, the Yankees need him back right away because we're not playing good right now. And without him in the lineup, our record shows it all. The lineup is just not as good at all on paper. Uh, we have a lot of guys who are struggling. And I think he's going to be back sometime within the next two weeks. I really do. Um, once we hear that he's ramped up his, his swinging, I, I, then it could be any day. Then he's day to day. So I think that um, by this weekend coming up right now, he'll be doing that. You'll see him in the batting cages uh, pre game and then i think sometime late next week or early the week after you're going to hear Cl- judge close concern and he'll be back by the probably the, the second week of fantasy playoffs
1: yeah so it's good to hear that he's um he's swinging the bat because i thought he was definitely done for for the rest of the season the regular season um i think i I don't remember off the top of my head, and I'm trying to look right now, but if I remember correctly, when Justin Turner started swinging the bat, it wasn't very long after until he was back in. Yeah, that's what um, usually
2: happens. Same thing with Freeman, too.
1: Yeah, it it happens really quick. I mean, these guys guys get ready real quick with that wrist. Um, So... I'm with you. I think he'll probably see the very end of the season just to get some reps in before the playoffs. Uh, I wouldn't really expect much in terms of fantasy production the rest of the year, though. Why? And it's because I just think it's going to be pretty late. I think, like, two weeks from now, that's, like, almost the end. Of the, that's it. We're, like, done.
2: Um. Yeah, okay.
1: So that's, that's what I that's what I mean. And as far as McCutcheon goes, I mean, this is a, a huge boost. Obviously, he was already a fit, just about a fifteen fifteen season. Uh, he's continued to hit the ball hard all over the place, and now the ballpark's smaller, so that should help.
0: But with McCutcheon, doesn't this doesn't he suffer from the same issue as Judge? If you're worried about the volume, like, doesn't his volume completely go away once Judge gets back in two weeks? Yes. So it's really like. 10 games of McCutcheon with value, and then after that, it's just a mishmash.
1: Yeah, well then, I mean, as soon as Judge comes back, you just drop Cutch.
0: Do you, do you guys think that there's any potential that the, since the Yankees are fairly secure in their playoff spot, do you think there's any potential that they sort of take it easy with Judge down the stretch, or are they going to just give him a no. full go? He's, they're going to give him full go. Uh, we we have to get something
2: going before this wildcard comes because you, I watched you. Did anyone who watched the game last night at the A's? It was.
1: Well, yeah. I I mean, I'm with you, right? If they, if they go, even, even if they host Oakland, they're going to get beat playing like this right now.
2: Yeah. So like when, when I think that when he comes back, he's in, he's in the game and listen, when a bone heals a bone heals, it's not a ligament. Like, I don't think he's gonna feel the effects of it once he gets back in the game. Well, I don't know about that. When Freeman when Freeman came back from the broken wrist, he was at money.
1: He didn't he didn't uh, he didn't like get spelled on a Sunday or anything? No. Right, cause Turner Turner I know had some soreness every now and then. So it's possible.
2: He's the most important player on our team. He's gonna play.
1: I mean, I I, I agree with you. It's just that the fact that they don't really have a lot to play for necessarily aside from getting hot right i mean they're pretty much locked in the wild card they're not going to catch up to boston and they lose nothing from dropping a couple of games right it's either them houston or oakland in in the wild card right it's like that's pretty much a guarantee at this point uh yeah yeah so uh, that's what i'm saying right like they can afford to kind of spell him when he'd be give him a couple of days here and there.
2: Yeah. But like I said, I think that, I think that within the next week and a half, two weeks, he'll be back. He'll be playing every day and he'll be just as good as he was before he went on the DL. All
1: right.
0: Yeah. You see, I kind of think he's back in 10 to 14 days and same timeline. Yeah. Like the timeline I think you have is correct, Nick. And I guess maybe I'm somewhere between you and Joe Like, I think he's going to play almost every day. But I do expect them to give him, you know... I mean, we're we're splitting hairs here because it's like two weeks we're talking about. But I would expect him to get two to three days off during the course of that two-week stretch. So I don't think they're going to rest him considerably enough that it would kill his value. But I do think they are going to... Wind it back a little bit to make sure that he's healthy and to make sure that, you know, the whole roster is sharp for the playoffs and to, you know, not even just make sure he's healthy, but keep him healthy. Um, You know, all you need is some reliever that's now the 40th guy on the roster or whatever it is, um, you know, in September to come in that can't command their stuff and he's hit on the wrist again and then he's gone and that's something you don't want to see when you're 7-8 games up in the playoff up up on the wild card with, you know, 9 to play. So, I I think they will be a little bit cautious and that's probably the primary reason why they will be.
1: Yeah, also right um if the, I I know this is uh this is like not very analytical, but if this was Joe Girardis' team, I'd be more inclined to agree with you Nick. I think they'd be like worried about getting hot and getting in, but since it's not, I mean, it's like more robotic, you know, it's more about the numbers and putting the guys in. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit more time off.
0: We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Josh James got the call um, for Houston. He had a mixed bag start, but showed strikeout stuff. It's a crowded situation. Charlie Morton's on his way back. But what do you think of James in the short term and in the longer term, Joe? You take this one since he's a Houston guy.
1: Yeah. So I know James has been stretched out as a starter for most of his minor league career. And Pat, I know you were on him. I don't know a number of months ago. Now, um, earlier in our in our dynasty season, um, he he, you know, with so many arms in Houston, and coupled with his inability to control his stuff sometimes. Um, I think he's more than likely a bullpen piece on this team specifically. I think if he was on another team, he might get stretched out. Um, but there's just so many arms in Houston. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think he's a bullpen piece probably now, and in the future, probably too, because he's got he's armed with the the big big fastball, but he doesn't have a lot of swing strike stuff. Um, it's mostly call strike stuff, which is really, really interesting. Um, I I don't know, maybe Houston can, can dial it up, but right now I I think he's really just a pen piece.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think his, uh, rotation spot is certainly dependent on the health of McCullers and Morton. Um, and the reports on Morton are positive. So I I think that's going to be sooner than later that he's replaced. So I'm not sure that James is going to be a viable asset in mixed leagues for the rest of this year. You know, I I know that the Astros are going to have some departures from their rotation. And with that, I I would suspect that it might be worthwhile to take the shot on, um, on James. So to me, I, I, I think that, you know, if you're looking for a sleeper for next year, he's interesting. But I do agree with you, Joe. I I do think that he's a guy that, you know, sort of the pieces don't necessarily add up. You know, you've got, you know, plus-plus velocity. But I think the fastball is kind of straight. Yeah. So I I think – and the slider is good, but I don't think there's much else there. Mm -hmm. You know, I know he's got a third pitch, but I don't think it's anything special either. So I think he's a guy that works into that you know, classic, um, you know, two-inning role type reliever, you know, the Chris Davinsky role, you know, maybe Brad Peacock goes into the rotation next year to replace some of the guys they're losing. And then Josh James steps into the Peacock role where he gives you, you know, an inning plus, two innings every now and then. And because the fastball ticks up in that role, it doesn't matter that it's so straight. And I think that that's his future longer term um and, and i and I think he can be very good in that role, but that said he's had such a track record of production recently in the minor leagues that i wouldn 't even mind taking a shot at him at the end of like a twelve team mixer you know, in my mind today, if I was drafting for next year um just because if he gets the role and the strikeouts translate we actually saw them translate albeit in one start um you know he could be kind of like a Robbie Ray type, where you know he doesn't have the best command, but he's got this—he's got the stuff to strike guys out. And if he gets the bat of ball luck, he's going to be in good shape. Word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> good sick, job, Nick. Sick fan- fantasy analysis by Nick. <laughs> <Lugettino>. <laughs> All right,
0: so we're going to move to a segment called. They are who we thought they were. And this segment is going to highlight players that, you know, basically did what we thought they would do at the beginning of the year. And we're going to kick it off with Mm -hmm. Brendan Belt. So, Nick, why don't you tell us about Brendan Belt's season and, you know, what happens and whether there's a reason to expect more or less or the same next year. What
2: happened?
0: Oh, (laughs) Brendan
2: Belt, here we go again. Um, I think I think he is number one most talked about in the history of our pod. <laughs> like he's gotta be.
1: He's yeah, he's gotta be up there.
2: I mean, he's just this is ridiculous, but uh, yeah. So belt, um, he did exactly what I thought he would do. I think Pat had him projected for like fifty home runs and a three hundred average. That's Um, incorrect. Well, he got off to a really, really good
0: start. Yeah, and and all three of us were excited about him. Yeah, we definitely were. I wasn't excited. I was just like, oh, wow. Yes, Yes. you said (laughs) the breakout was coming and the breakout was happening. I can go back and play the clip. Well, lo and
2: behold, he's going to be exactly what he's been his entire career. 15 (laughs) home runs, 260-ish average, crappy counting stats. Um, this is officially the end of the Brandon Belt discussion on this pod. He is what he is. He's getting old. It's over. I called the students. I said, stewardess, where am I going? She said no, I was gonna break it into a Ric Flair promo. But yeah, that's it. Brandon Belt, over, done. Never draft him again. He's waving wire product. Goodbye.
1: He got appendicitis and I was like, Oh, it could happen to any of us. And Pat was like yeah, but these things kind of happen, and it's Brandon Belt, and I was like, shut up, Pat! And Pat was like, <laughs> So, Belt, <laughs> Belt, since May 22nd, he's got three home runs. He hit one last month and two mm-hmm. in June. Dude, I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even know what to say. He was on pace to crush his previous home run high, and oh. now he's going to fall short. Oh, I
2: just took Dak Prescott. God <laughs> damn you yeah, auto-jones.
0: 200, <laughs> 225 plate appearances through May 30th. Oh, and That was 11 homers. So, like, he was on legitimately a 30-homer pace. Never mind 20, which he's never reached before. Oh and we were like, God. oh, well, he's doing for 20. Nope. Wrong. 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 <laughs> Just show highlighted. I mean, you can't make this shit up. It's an <laughs> emergency appendectomy. He misses two weeks. He comes back. Then he hurts his knee. He misses done. two weeks. <laughs> and now he's missing odd days here and there. Since June 16th, when he returned from the appendectomy, he's 202 plate appearances, three homers, Ooh. 208, mm-hmm. 282, 306. Nice. That's like – Borderline pitcher numbers. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he he definitely deserves better than that. Like, I mean, look at the numbers. You got 37% hard contact, 26% line drive rate, and the K rate is only at 21%. So there is certainly some bad luck there, but – we can't continue to call it bad luck when it comes to Brandon Belt because this is always the case. Oh. He always does this. He's, <laughs> like he's always goes through a stretch where he's red hot, and then he gets hurt, and then he comes back, and then he gets hurt again, and
1: then he comes back, and then he's bad. Do you want to know like, the worst part about this? He signed through 2021, so he can't, like, unless via trade, he can't even get out of San Francisco, which would help a ton.
0: Like, I still don't mind him late. And I think the market did a good job this year of sort of taking him out of that sleeper range where, you know, that, that sort of first base crop where you're picking somewhere between the 10th and, you know, like the 13th or, or 14th round where you've got, like, a a lot of, like, trendy first base sleepers. And he was sort of falling closer to, like, the 20th round. Like, he, that's where he should go now. Yeah. And and that's where he should reside. And, yeah, maybe one year he will stay healthy and he will have the season that everybody thinks that he's capable of having. Mm. But you just shouldn't pay up for it. No, we're done. Ever again.
2: Deleted from the podcast. Delete. Delete.
0: Delete. All right. Masahiro Tanaka.
2: Looking
1: good.
0: Joe, tell us about Masahiro Tanaka.
1: All right, sure. So, um, the spiel isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. But, so he currently sits at 38th. We've had this discussion offline. <laughs> so he currently sits at 38th on the playwright right? Not including Otani because they count him as a hitter, too. So he gets a ton of value.
0: Well, wait a second. Wait a second. You sure. Can't you have to include overtime.
1: You no, can uh, no. take him off. I'm going to take him off because, like, all of his player rater value is from his bat. So, okay. I don't know. actually know where he lies. It's 38th, fine. 39th, whatever. Ahead, it's, it's really not going to matter all that much. Right? So, most of the deduction from Tanaka isn't actually performance-related. It's just because he missed the time. And sure, that happened. But the argument we had was mostly performance-related. Right? So, if we give him... 38 innings, which gets him to 30 innings in the months that he missed time. Of league average starting pitching stats, he gets to 172 innings pitched, a 3.98 ERA, 8.9 K per nine, 2.35 walks per nine, and a 1.19 whip. Right? This, admittedly, is not, likely not top 25 on the player raider. As Rick Purcello, at 27, has a 4.27 ERA, 9.12 K per nine, 2.24 walks per nine, and a 1.19 WHIP in 168 and two thirds innings. So Tanaka has Tanaka plus the 38 league average innings hasn't has, has Purcello beaten ERA, slightly behind in walks in Ks per nine, and an identical WHIP. So that would likely put him behind Purcello. Now, that's probably not too far behind Purcello right probably in the 30 31 range and that's with league average stats so tanaka plus a league average starter isn't top 25 right it's probably closer to 30 or 31 but the performance re- the performance on tanaka himself really isn't all that bad um, so i'm not going to say that tanaka is a top 25 starter he's not he hasn't been that's true but I still don't think this is as bad as him being, like, far outside top 25. Well,
0: just to just to frame the argument as it was originally made, you both, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you both believe that Tanaka was a borderline top 20 starter, yes? Yes, yeah. I
2: still believe that. Go ahead.
0: And my point was he's really closer to like 3035. So I, I I think in our conversations that that sometimes it gets skewed that I don't think Tanaka is a quality pitcher. And I do. I, I think he's perfectly fine. Like I think he's you know a, a good source of, of K's, not a great source of case. He's he's certainly a good source of whip. He's got the Homer issues. Um And he also goes through really, really bad stretches when he loses his secondary stuff, which is really his primary stuff now, because the fastball's bad. And that, even though we haven't seen it, gives him sort of a dangerous floor in terms of what can occur over the course of a full season if that slump that he usually goes through, or or the slumps that he usually goes through, last a little bit longer than they have. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with the pitcher that's giving you eight ERA right now in the current atmosphere with, you know, plus whip and a good K profile. But uh, the market seems to want to always draft Tanaka like he's a borderline ace, and he's just not. Can, I, so can we, I ask
1: you a question? Go ahead. You, so, um, right, we, we, like for whatever reason, I have twenty five and twenty, right, stuck in my head. What was his actual um, starting pitching ADP? Because if it was twenty five, right, off the top I, of
0: my head, I believe he was like twenty one. But I can, okay, I
1: can all right, because because like he's probably like if you prorate his performance based stats. I mean, if you prorate his stats. Right, without the missed innings, I mean he's probably like twenty five or twenty six.
0: So, yeah, but he missed
1: the innings. I know, I know, I know. But you didn't, you couldn't have predicted that, right? Yes, because you factor that in because he usually misses time. Is that true?
2: No. Yes. What do you mean? Yes, Yes. true. He's never
0: thrown two hundred innings. Yeah, but that's because
2: that's that's because of the Yankees. What do you mean? It's not because of injury.
1: Yeah. God, he
2: pitched a hundred multiple times in his career. I no, mean, there's 178
1: he made, innings last year. Yeah, he pitched like, a 100.
2: The year before that he was at what, 200? I mean, he's at no, he what like He was at 199
1: last the year before that. Yeah, and then and then the year before that he was at um, 150.
2: Yeah, the year before that, but he missed that 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 like summer with that
0: um with
2: that UCL, but that wound up being nothing.
0: Or was that the okay, first Hold one? on, yeah. hold on for a moment. All right, let me let me just you guys can talk. I'm just going to do the math on where he
1: was ADP was. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all curious. Right. I'm curious. So, w-
2: all right. My question is, right now, where is he starting pitcher wise?
1: Right now, he's he's 38, not including Otani on the play. Thirty what? Thirty eight.
2: Thirty eight. Okay. So here's the point I'm gonna make about Tanaka. Um. He's the rare guy from 15 to 30 who has stayed in that range. Look at the guys who are right now 15 through 30 starting pitcher, right? But he's not in the top 30 right now. Okay. He's 39th. Well, if he had the innings. And if you're going to argue about the innings, then why do you why are you always arguing for Rich Hill? Listen, we're just saying if he
0: had the innings, if he yeah, had the right. innings. Yeah, right. I'm just – I'm talking – But Rich about Hill from... has generally been a cheaper asset Has than, than Masahiro yeah, Tanaka. He's been a cheaper asset because his injury risk is so much worse and he's
2: a lot older. But still, what was he going this year? Like Tanaka he... was 24th. 24th what, ADP? 24th. 20, okay, so like okay, – so, so what? So first of all, there's still another – how much longer regular season baseball? Or fantasy baseball?
1: Well, he'll, well, let's see. He'll probably get, I don't know, three or four starts. So you figure maybe another 20 innings.
2: All right. So if he gets – what is he right now? You said 34? He's at
1: 134. No, no, he's at 30, 38th or 39th. I think All know. right. So if he
2: gets to 35 and he loses 10 players worth his value, my point is this, that the guys that are in this area, this jumble of, of guys, like the David Price's, Charlie Morton's, J.A. um. Uh, Mike Clevenger. All right, you go down this list in order. Who has been on this list for the past three years? Nobody but Tanaka. The guys that are there right now are Jack Flaherty, Clay Buchholz, uh Walker Bueller, um, uh, J. A. Happ, Hyun Jin Ryu. Like these are all guys, Rick Porcello, who are gambles. Tanaka is a good safe bet at his ADP. He's there every single year. Even if, the, even if the ERA goes up, he's so elite as far as walks and hits per innings pitch, it doesn't even matter. He's always under 1.15, which is up there with the best. The ratios are always good. Like, that's the difference between him
0: and these guys. He's gonna be there. And he doesn't and you and like you said, oh see, he goes, I don't think see, but I don't think he's necessarily going to be there.
2: What do you mean? He's been there his whole career.
0: Every well, year. Well, okay, what do I mean? I just laid it out before. He's a pitcher that's heavily reliant on his secondary stuff. If he loses his secondary stuff for more than a month. You're not not making sense in the argument. Yes, I am making sense because he could lose it for a longer period of time than he has, has and then suddenly his ERA is 4.5. But he hasn't because he hasn't been the same pitcher for five years. He has a distinct line of demarcation when the UCL
2: injury happened. But so what? It's he's gotten worse because his home runs per nine have gotten better. The ERA is down from last year. I don't know, I don't know how you're saying that he's his secondary stuff he loses, and at some point it's just gonna go. No, that's that's bullshit. Everybody loses their stuff once in a while. Everybody goes through prolonged slumps, maybe
0: not as much as others, but you look at a guy like Sindergaard, who went through a slump. When a pitcher when a pitcher is so reliant on their secondary stuff because their fastball is bad. You you wouldn't agree with me that the fastball is the easiest, generally speaking, the easiest pitch to command. Yes, but the difference okay. Between Tanaka – so, so if he can't command his secondary stuff and he's got a bad fastball, he gets crushed. But whereas has- if you got, whereas if you have a fastball Listen. that you can command, you can survive with your secondary. You can survive if your secondary stuff is off. Tanaka can't. Fine. So you know what? You could be the guy that keeps
2: saying every year that he's going to do it this year, do it this year. Now we're five years in. Keep saying it. Okay, for- well,
0: I did it. I did say it, and I said he would finish right around 35, and I'm looking pretty right. But th- but, all right, so, but 35 is still like – Okay,
1: no, 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 no. See, see, here's the deal, right? So this is, this is why I say – this is why I use the spirit argument, right, because you are right. Right. Like there's no I can't argue with you that you are right. Right. He's whatever. 38th right now. 39th. Right. If he finishes, he might finish 35. Right. I cannot argue with that. That is factual. Right. The thing is that the the, the one place I can argue with you is that based on his performance alone. Right. If you give him the innings, he's better than 35. Right. I can't predict. Whether or not he's going to get hurt, and he's had, and just for a correction, right? He's had the UCL injury since he's been in the major leagues. So in 2014, there was an article I just pulled up on MLB.com that mentioned the UCL injury. So there isn't actually any line where he's been a different pitcher. He's been this. He's been this whatever pitcher. He's been with the UCL injury since he started in the major leagues. So that's, 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 I don't that's think fair. that's correct. I think, I, th- I mean, I, dude, I just off. found it.
0: I, I think you're off. I think he might've aggravated it further at some point. I could be wrong again. I can't, you know, I can't look it up right at All this right. moment. The
1: partial tear, partial Tanaka's partial tear rehab recommended is July 11, 2014.
0: Okay. And that's right in the middle of the major
1: league season. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was his very first.
0: Okay, so yeah, so that's not – but you, you made it sound as though he came into the majors with it. Oh, okay. That's in the middle of a major league season. Sure, 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 sure. Sorry yeah,
1: okay. Me. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, in 2016, he had a great season.
0: Yeah, he did, and he certainly had very good years before.
1: Yeah. My
0: argument is not that he's not a good pitcher, not that he's not worthwhile. It's just I feel like the market tries to treat him better than he is.
2: But it's because he's safe, like I like I said before. There's no one in this range that was in this range ADP wise. Everyone around him were guys that were going either seven rounds later, came out of nowhere, whatever, where Tanaka's been exactly what he's been the last five years.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean Pat, to be to be fair, right? Like are are you gonna take Kyle Freeland or Julie Shasin over um Tanaka next year? Probably not.
0: No, but there might be guys that are behind Tanaka that I would sure. take
1: over him. That's fair too, right? So I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and argue with you that you're not right, right? Because you are right in the sense that he's not top 25 or not where he was drafted,
2: he, and he's not right about the, the prolonged something. I'll tell you this right now he he does go through, um, little spells here and there, but it's it's just like any other pitcher. It's not like he suffers from this. Um, Corey Dickerson disease, or like I'm trying to think of someone like Robbie Ray who goes to really bad cold spells. He's not one of those guys. Right.
0: <laughs>
2: oh he's God. just not. Like he'll he'll go through a couple of starts where he's all over the place. Tanaka, wait wait like, a
0: second, are you saying to me that Tanaka has not had months where his ERA has been above like seven? Yeah, but yeah. Okay, man. well, well, that's my point. point. <laughs> that's my what, point.
1: What what, what? what? Nick?
2: First of all. <laughs> no. All right. Every pitcher goes through it. And this year, no, he has not had any well, month. I mean, not where, every pitcher. And, well, this year he has not had any month. It's,
0: no. Whereas Eero was over seven. No. no. Okay. What was his worst month? It's 494 four in May. Okay. All right. So he's been more consistent this year. I know last year he had I mean, months it's like, that's still not really terrible. Like good, though. No, but Nick's right. Every pitcher has months where most every pitcher has months like that
1: yeah i mean okay. i I, th- I think like i think we're we're really like somewhere in the middle
2: yeah we're you know what we're we're arguing as if we're far apart when we're really not
0: um the the issue is i think that um you guys are more willing to value safety and I'm more willing to. Uh, Look, I, I also I, think, I also think there's a lot of upside. I think
1: I think me and Nick expected more of a bounce back for sure, right? But I think the market was closer than we were. I mean, we were off. We were off.
2: No, I mean no, because if he, like you said, if he if he um uh played, if he didn't get injured, he'd be fine.
1: Yeah, he, but he'd but, still be
2: off a little bit, but not. Well, like, no,
1: I think he'd be closer to like twenty six. Yeah, right?
2: which is fine.
1: Well, which is where he went drafted. That's not where you and I were taking him. We were talking about 20.
2: But that was because it was versus other pitchers that were going around him.
1: Well, dude, that's what this whole game is about. I, I
2: no, no, I get it. But like I wish we had the early the ADP's before season like who was going right after him. Um
1: it was like, well, Luis Castillo was like right in front of him or maybe right behind him. Um uh who else? Alright,
0: this is what I've got. Alright, cool. David Price.
2: Yeah, gimme Tanaka.
1: Jake Arrieta. Tanaka. of oh, I feel coach. I feel good about that one.
2: Berrios. Tanaka. Yeah, well I, I, we, we we said it we all liked Tanaka uh we all were Pat, who would you have taken Tanaka or Berrios preseason? Straight up, vacuum.
0: Probably Tanaka, but I was low on Berrios. Okay, go ahead.
1: Uh Weaver. <laughs> you were, you, were.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think we'll stop right there. Uh, no, no,
2: but no, but even like, like the next guys I'm looking at right now are Lester, God, uh,
0: Godly, Alex Wood, like, Godly Hill, Bauer, McCullers. We like, we, we. All agree that yes, you're right, but that doesn't, but again, like you've made this argument before just because everybody around him was worse than he was, doesn't mean that he's should be treated like a top 20 starting pitcher. Well, he he should because he's the only one that's been doing consistently, he's a safe bet. Okay, so yeah, so like I said, you're valuing safety over what I would perceive to be upside. Which is fine, Nick. It's okay to be safe. (laughs) I don't play safe. (laughs) I know you wanna be I know you wanna be Mr. Upside, but you know, you're you're not right now. That's just the way it is. If he wasn't hurt, he'd be fine. This
2: argument would be going the other way.
0: Uh eh.
2: It wouldn't be going the other way, but it would be a lot (laughs) less tumultuous.
1: Well, Trevor Story just hit his third home run of the night, and one of them was 505 feet, so go check it out. What? No! Yeah. No! It was almost out of Coors Field. Wow. God, he's so good.
0: I hit one 506, and Throck's Neck literally. <laughs> yeah, it's MLB the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move with to Travis Shaw. We can get off to knock it and stop screaming at each other. Yeah, about that little uh, oh, Shit. So, uh,. Guys, what do you think of Travis Shaw? Joe, give us your opinion on what he's done this year and what his outlook is going forward.
1: Yeah, one place I'll admit I missed on and is a little surprising was the RBI total, but that's because he's just further down the lineup with, I mean, the ridiculous hitters around him. But at the same time, right, you'd think that would would normally drive up his numbers as he's got such great hitters around him, but he's just not hitting in the prime RBI driving slots now. I mean, I think he's batting like sixth. Um still Shaw did his thing. I mean, I, I thought he had a little bit more sneaky speed as uh Nick's favorite saying would be than two. I think Nick, you were more on the speed being low than I was. I I correct me if I'm wrong. Um No, you're right, go ahead. But I I mean overall Shaw did his thing and he didn't really tank at all. Despite a fairly low exit velo at eighty eight miles per hour, his barrels are okay at ten percent. He's got average plate discipline skills, and he's sitting at the prime age of 28. So at this point, he's exactly what he is.
2: Yeah, I love him. I, wa- I really wanted to buy uh, a lot of Travis Shaw's shares uh, in, in, during spring training before we did our draft, but I wasn't able to get him. And um, you know, he's been really good this year, but I still think that there's some upside as far as batting average go next year. This year, right now, he's sitting on 240. I I think he could be somewhere up around like 260, and the home run totals, yeah, they may get to 30 on the year, and that's okay in this climate. But I think he's a guy who could hit 35, bat 260, and have he's got a special year somewhere deep down inside him, and I think it's coming very soon, especially on this lineup. So I love him, and I'm probably going to have him way above his ADP next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think I view Shaw as somewhat of like how we used to view Kyle Seager at this point. He's a player capable of hitting for respectable average with good pop, 25 to 30 homers, a handful of swipes. Um, He's not a fast uh, player, but he's a capable base runner. He's able to take advantage. And I think probably the reason why the steals have gone down this year is just because the Brewers lineup has been so good. Now, you know, you can argue that it's going to stay the same way and he won't run the same, but um, he, the point is, is that he's demonstrated the skill. So I'm willing to, you know, chalk this year up as somewhat of an aberration and put him back around six, seven steals off the top of my head for next year. Um, he's got second base eligibility now. Um, that makes him extremely interesting. It kind of puts him in that Brian Dozier range where you're looking at like a 265-ish hitter with 30 homers, right around 10 10 steals. Um, And interesting enough, you know, Nick, you you hit the nail on the head, is the batting average. Um, You know, his plate discipline took a nice step forward. He's cut the K rate. Walk rate is up significantly. And he's a career 288 BABIP guy, but this year it's sitting in the 240s. So if you give him 40 points on balls in play, suddenly he's like a 275 guy with a close to 370 OBP. Combine that with the power and the ability to swipe a few bags with second and third base eligibility. It's a very nice player. I'm with Nick. I think he's going to be a little bit undervalued in the market next year, and I think he's going to be a player that I'm going to be on. Why do you think he's not going to be undervalued? The steals aren't there, and the batting average is down. Do you agree though that you feel like I kind of feel like he has
2: like a special season under his belt somewhere that may come out just because of the games? Like he's made honestly the games he made this year are significant. Like, that K-rate came down a lot. The walk rate went up a lot. And he maintained the power.
0: So Yeah. I I mean, I don't know what you mean by, like, can you give me parameters of what a special season would look like? I think think he could do – and he's still young. So I think,
2: like, his his ceiling looks something like 35-plus home runs, um, 265, 270 average close to, you know, maybe just at or above five steals. When guys are playing that good, they just – they want to do it all. Maybe he'll steal more bases. But I think a guy who could be like 35 plus close to, you know, in between five and 10 stolen bases with a 265, 270 average.
0: Yeah, I think that is possible. I think it's high end, but I do think it's possible.
1: Well, uh, Nick, you said he's young. I mean, he's he's 28. Yeah, right? but, but he's I mean, made a lot – but it's it's I mean he's he's like priming right now. But
2: he's he's priming. Yeah, he's made a lot of strides. Is my point. Like he's been good in the past when he was with the Red Sox. He the Red Sox. He was he was
1: he was okay. okay. Yeah, he
2: was, he was okay. okay. Yeah, and he was really good that next last year with the Brewers. And this year the numbers don't show it as far as the counting sets go and the steals and the pop isn't quite there. But he made strides in other places. And if they carry over into next year. I just think he could be special.
1: He's uh, the know. he's the guy in the group of those third baseman guys that like floated. He didn't tank. He didn't win you your league. He like provided value.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which is what this list is basically supposed to be made up of. Is guys. Yeah. That-
1: yeah. Exactly. Didn't win you the league, exactly.
0: but did what they were supposed to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right,
0: so let's move to his teammate Lorenzo Kane. Uh, if you guys want, I'm I'm happy yeah, to take this you one take first. This one, yeah. Okay. So, boy. Uh, you know, lost in Christian Yelich's monster year, Lorenzo Kane has proven to be among the most consistent and perhaps the most underrated hitters in baseball. Kane has a shot to eclipse 30 steals, to go with double-digit pop and an average over 300. By my count, there are only two other players that can hit those milestones, and they are Mookie Betts, who hasn't done it just yet, and Whit Merrifield. Um, In terms of outlook going forward, I think you do have to be a little cautious with Kane. He's 32. If the speed falls off, he could morph into like a 15, 15, 280 guy with the average falling because he won't beat out the infield hits anymore. He's got a fairly high infield hit rate um and he was also caught 7 times on 32 attempts this year. So that's a bit less efficient than he's been. It's still okay, but it is something to monitor. Um but on the plus side, I do think that Kane is a player that could hit for a little bit more power. Um he he's got the type of build that could generate, uh, I I think, a power surge later in his career. He will have to undergo a slight swing change. Um, The batter ball profile actually went in the wrong direction last year. But given the fact that it's Milwaukee and given, you know, just his general build and his understanding of the strike zone, I do think that he could morph into like a 2015-280 type player later in his career. Um So, I mean, I I, I am concerned going forward that the speed starts to leave, but I don't think he's going to be a player that's going to fall completely off the table. Yeah, the the pop is definitely a big disappointment. Um,
2: I thought the switch from Kansas City to Milwaukee, I I thought we would see the, the home runs jump a little bit and maybe get to that 20 mark, which was the hope. Um, But it went down, and right now he's only got 532 at-bats, but just 10 home runs, it's really not sexy. But you got to love the the stolen base and uh, batting average combo. Not a lot of players give you that, like Pat said. So I I like him next year, and and I think you're definitely right about the fact that very soon um, he may be like a a 10-15 guy with a 300 average, which is – okay, but um, you're losing a lot day to day. Um, I still like him next year, and he is what he is. That's why he's on this list. He is what he is.
1: Nick, let me ask you something. Uh, season ends today, right? Mm-hmm. So stats are locked in. Would yeah. you rather have Kane, who you have his stats in front of you, mm-hmm. or right, 306, 11 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 69 runs and 51 RBIs.
2: Uh, is that Jose Peraza?
1: No, it's someone Patch has mentioned.
2: Um, I'd rather have Kane. I, I still think there's upside for the pot, even though he's swinging a five-degree launch angle. Right
1: what if What if this player is three years younger than Kane?
2: I like the Brewers. Who is the person?
1: It's Whit Merrifield.
2: Yeah. I still take Kane.
1: I. I so, something that something that like jumps out to me though is those RBI numbers. Uh I mean he's essentially a zero right now. He's got thirty five reviews. Yeah, it's tough. Um but yeah, I mean overall the analysis I'm with you guys. Um I mean he largely is who he is. Uh I'd be concerned going forward about the stolen bases. Um maybe the pop comes up a little bit. Uh I I'm probably I'm like really not into these types of players aging Aging vets that um, steal bags too because they tend to kind of just fall off a cliff and you never really can – you'll never really know. Although sometimes these guys last forever like Juan Pierre. So um, I probably probably won't own him and I'd probably rather have Merrifield in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, I think I'd rather have Merrifield and I I suspect – I'll probably be fading Kane on draft day next year because I think now that he's on a team that's got a little yeah. bit more buzz to it um, and he's had a productive year, I think that he'll finally end up closer to where he should be drafted. And I think we saw it this year, right? Like I think he was, by the time drafts rolled around, he was finally going Right around where he should have been going the last few years, Um, I don't know that I would take him there again because I I do think that there is the risk that the that the speed does fall off. And while I do think there is the upside for additional power down the road, I don't know that it's going to come right away. Joe, what do you think? What do you think about the power? You kind of do you see it, or or do you think? I, I don't think it's there in the numbers. I think it's more of an eye test kind of thing. But
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think I could buy fifteen. Yes. I mean and, and you're and you're right, he's got the he's got the build, but I, I don't know if I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going higher than that.
0: Okay. Alright. Let's move to Kyle Schwarber. Nick, why don't you tell us about Schwarber's year and whether you expect more or less or the same going forward?
2: Uh the Schwarbster um so where what was his a d p approximately? It
1: was deep
2: it was deep, but it wasn't that deep. Did he shoot up once he lost the weight like
0: it wasn't, when wasn't that deep it was he was like up I would say he's like top thirty five outfielder I'll look it up i'll look it up I'll look really up. yeah, he was not he was not as much of a value I, off the top of my head
1: I mean, i'm looking i'm looking he was forty forty four okay, 44 okay. Outfielder. it's like a hundred and sixty Three.
0: Okay, so that's, that's actually so he, higher than I thought. He's still he's
2: still living off the prospect pedig- uh, pedigree and, and the weight loss. That was the only reasons why he was that high. Right?
1: Actually, let me let me double check and make sure that's right.
2: Um, because there really isn't. I mean, he was he was terrible the year before, wasn't
1: he? In twenty
2: seventeen.
1: Uh, yeah, forty four. Oh no, so he's yeah. That was the year he got sent down. His ADP. I'm sorry about that. So he was 44, but the ADP was 318.
2: He was 44, but the ADP was what 318? You said? Yeah, yeah,
1: that, yeah that was from oh, wow. from October of 2017 to March, the middle of March.
0: Oh, okay, all right. Well, you gotta you gotta get a little closer to draft time, I think, Joe. So let's sure. Let's say I'm doing it right now. Let me let me do it. All right. So February 15th, 2018 through. April
1: 5th. Let's just do it to and, make it easy. And you want Schwarber's stats from last year. Got that too. Nick, last year, he went 30 home runs, 211, 67 runs, 59 ribbies, and a stolen base. So it was like kind of... I mean like poor man's Joey Gallo. Okay. Alright. Um, Alright, so, so
0: between February 15th in April 5th, which is the majority of drafts close to the season, Schwarber was the 43rd outfielder off the board, going at 206. 206. Wow.
1: That's kind high of up High pick of 78. <laughs> oh, man. You hate yourself.
2: <laughs> Seriously. That's a, that's, a, that's Max. That's a Cubs fan. Um, but, but anyway, all right. So, all right. But with Schwarber, um, listen – it's tough to own because he's he can't hit lefties i think he has zero home runs this year against lefties actually right yeah um so all his power comes against righties and that's fine because that's he still he has 470 at bats this year and 24 home runs the numbers look good on the year um he's got a 352 obp which is really nice and encouraging the walk rate is up to 14.9 percent the K rate came down in a big way from last year so He's making strides, and he's still young at 25 years old, and he's on a really good lineup. Um, I like the kid. I like the power. I think there's, there's, a, there's a year where I would not be surprised to see him hit over 35 home runs. Um, the problem is is that he's such a platoon guy. He really has to improve against lefties in order to get there. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen uh, soon because of the strides that he made this year. The stat cast numbers aren't that great. They were when he first came into the league. I remember when he was first came to the league had an average uh, uh, bat speed of, like, I think it was, like, uh, 92. I don't have it in front of me. But I know it went down year after year. Um, But I I think he's going to be overdrafted next year, and I'm probably out at the price. But I do like him as if he went where he should go. Like, I think, like, so so the ADP coming up is probably going to be, what it was last year, right? Because, he I didn't mean, get you, the would,
0: point. you would think so, but I I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I think that I was a little off in terms of how I was perceiving him pre-draft. So I, I don't want to make the assumption that the market is going to be high on him, but I, I thought that they might be. Um, for one, he showed some gains this year over last year. Um, you know, it's not spectacular but he's sort of you know he's definitely taken a step forward and it's a discernible step forward and a lot of that Cubs lineup has I mean Javi Baez has obviously had a ridiculous breakout year but Rizzo has had a down year no, no,
2: Bryant
0: no, no. Rizzo's been really good okay. okay well what's what are his season long numbers Nick I guarantee you they're not what people wanted the to well beginning year. they're not but
2: okay well that's st- a down year but the difference well listen there's there's differences as far as the numbers though like the pop is down he's got 24 home runs but the average is up to 283 it's, it's 10 points over last year um the steals are still kind of there he's got six last year he had 10 um so if he gets another i don't know how many more bats are left in the season like 75 ish that sounds about right off the top yeah. of my let's head. Just, let's, let's just call it 80. If he gets 80 more at-bats, he's probably going to wind up at like—
1: 80 more plate appearances.
2: Eighty, Yeah, 80 more plate appearances. He's probably going to wind up at like 28 home runs because figure four more home runs, figure another two steals. As far as the home run and pop, he's going to be right there with what he did last year, but he added 10 points in average. Um, but, he, and, but then he saw a big dip in his runs. He's, the RBI total is fine. It's a weird year, but I wouldn't say it's a down year right now. He's ranked thirty-seven overall, um, and he's and he was he's gotten a lot better second half. He's been really sick
1: lately. Okay, I mean it's it's sort of a down year because like no, I, mean, it, I think I think he gets a little bit of a discount too because of the back injury at the beginning of the year. Yep.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not arguing. No, no, no. I know. I know. Point. Like I'm just I'm just saying that he. I think he's been a little disappointing. Okay, so yeah, no, you're right. However, you, so wait, however, you yeah, want to you quantify go, it, you can qualify it. Can you I go back to your
1: it. yeah? What you were wrapping up with Schwarber though? How did, how does this tie in?
0: I was just going to say that you know, in terms of how people perceive the Cubs' offense, I think they're going to look at this year as a bit of a down year. Yeah, and you know, because Brian's been hurt, and I think they'll be a little bit more optimistic about a Cubs bounce back offensively. And that will sort of feed into Schwarber's hype, given that he's been, he's made some strides himself. And then if, you know, oh, well, if Rizzo's back to a first round talent and Brian's back to a first round talent, then Schwarber's RBIs are going to go through the roof, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. See, I mean, I just see, I basically see Kyle Schwarber as Jay Bruce, like at this point, like I, that's who I think he is. And I know Jay Bruce had a terrible year this year, But I'm talking like vintage Jay Bruce. I'm talking about a guy that's going to hit right around 30 bombs. He's going to hit somewhere between 255 and 225. (laughs) And he's going to drive in some runs. And and Schwarber's, I think, got worse platoon splits than Bruce ever really did. So, I mean, I think his best format is like head-to-head daily where you don't have to absorb the bad against lefties. But I do, I do expect that Schwerber will be a, a piece that is somewhat hyped coming into the year because he's a young player and he made the strides. And, you know, it, it's never, it's never like, okay, well, you know, he he's, he just is what he is. There's always going to be, especially with the player with this type of pedigree and this type of hype, there's always going to be this talk that there's going to be another level to his game. And I just don't know that I see it.
1: I agree with you. And the the one thing I'd like to add is that I think where, if if he's going around the 200-ish, I'm largely comfortable with that. Um, yeah, I'm go, okay with that. If he's going there again, and I think drafting him will be uh, a largely based on your team construction at that point and format, right? Format, like you mentioned, daily leagues, huge boost. And team construction in that if you really need to hit someone that like you think can break out, I don't think Schwarber's the guy, right? I think Schwarber, you can pencil in 25 to 30 home runs and a terrible batting average against lefties.
0: But let's just, let's just note that that ADP from last year was coming off a year where he was sent down for part of the year and was terrible for the that, whole year.
1: It, that's an excellent point. Yeah, So, so you're
0: right. there's no way he's if he was 43 off that season – He's going to be 35-ish Yeah, if he's like in
1: 140, 150, I'm going to be out.
0: Yeah, I'm probably out at that price too.
2: And that's Um, where I
1: expect he'll be.
2: I have a question. Offhand, can you think of anyone who ever had a – a younger player who ever had a really severe platoon issue but then like figured it out, like started hitting from the side that he couldn't hit? Anyone offhand? Because
1: you got to think lefties
2: because there really aren't men. Like, like it's something that you, to so me, it's something that you can't fix. So like people who are out there thinking that Schwarber is going to progress into, well, do you
1: think that De- uh, Devers can fix it? Cause he's got it right now. Yeah. But Devers, Devers is what? How old is Devers? Like 19? Like 22.
2: Yeah. That's, he's a different type of player. He's well, different.
1: I agree with you. I think Devers can figure it out, but yeah,
2: I think Devers can figure it out too, but um. My point with Schwarber is he just fits the bill, like this big power hitter who can not hit lefties. Sometimes these guys just play out their careers just just as what they are most of the time. So if you're out there calling this big breakup that he's going to have, oh, you know, he made these gains this year, blah blah blah. I he's got to hit lefties in order to make the breakout. He's got to be able to hit them somewhat.
0: Did
1: Howard have yeah, that problem? Yeah, can't you can't go through. Uh,
2: you know, who to Brian, go through.
1: Ryan Howard or Utley.
2: I don't know what fan I, I just can't think of anyone who had that bad a platoon issue and figured it out. It's just—it seems to be something that people just can't figure out. You can't at lefties, you can't at lefties or righties, whatever.
1: I'm trying to trying to see. Yeah, I mean Howard Howard in '06 went 279 against lefties. In '05, it was yeah, it was pretty small sample size. Eh, I don't know.
0: That's the problem with lefties too. It's a small sample, so. Even if they did have a good year, it might have just been, you know, luck. Yeah. Okay, let's move to Yohan Moncada. What are your guys' thoughts on Moncada's season? Did he do what you expected? And do you think that there's some hope for a breakthrough next year?
1: I'm going to take this one. Yeah, Yeah. so he did do – what we expected, right? We were all kind of in the 20-ish, 20-ish area, and I'll probably get close to that. Um, what's he at right now? 17-11? Uh, not really Oh, close. Oh, yeah. The, the stolen bases are down a bit. Sorry. Yeah. I thought the stolen bases were closer to like 17. Yeah, so the stolen bases are down. That's bad. Um, we know the strikeouts are still a problem, but he's kind of like a baby version of Baez in that But the makings are I think, like, a lot better. He's already whiffing less than Baez does. He chases less than Baez does. The, old, the big difference in their approach is that Makata is not nearly as aggressive on pitches inside the, zone, in, inside the zone, and he doesn't attack as often as Baez does. And that's largely why the K rate is so high, because he works himself into bad counts. Um, the overall NZ contact percentages aren't great, but they're not absolutely awful. I think Makata still has the potential to be a really big fantasy star.
2: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, you obviously want to see the K rate come down. And if it does, if it gets to like that un- 30 or under mark which, mark, which I think it's capable of. I think look, so. Yeah, if you look at the minor league stats, um, you know he in AAA, over 80 games last year, You he know, was at 28.3. And before that, 21.1, 22.9, 30.9. Uh, year to year. So I think he has potential to come down. Um, the things that I like about him is the hard contact, thirty-seven percent. Um, the bat speed right now, ninety-one mile per hour exit velo, and the beautiful thing about a guy this young, he already has a swing change. You don't need to make one. He's at a sixteen point one percent, uh, sixteen point one degree launch angle. So he's setting himself up for pop next year, and I think we're going to see a breakout. I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit 20 plus. I wouldn't be surprised to see him steal 20. He definitely has the speed. Like for people who are looking at his speed numbers and like, eh, he's got 11 stolen bases. Next year he can still eight. No, you are flat out wrong. This guy is crazy fast. I think it's just a matter of not knowing how to steal bases properly. We've seen that in the past. We've seen guys come up and not do it in their first couple of years for whatever reasons. But I think it's something that he's going to learn and he's going to be very, very, very good at. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go 2020 next year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that batting average come up when that key rate comes down. Um, Do I think it's all going to happen and the stars are going to align for Moncada next year? No. Um, I I doubt it all comes together. But this is a player who I would definitely have pretty high as far as ADP next year because I'm really confident in him going 2020 next year. It's just the batting average and the key rate, all that stuff, that has to kind of – that just has to improve in order for him to be really, you know, take the next step. And I think it will at some point.
1: And even with Kopech and, and Eloy coming, right. They're not still not going to be good next year. So he should still be able to run free.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is the classic case of, and it's a good opportunity to remind everybody that not every Uber prospect comes up right away and succeeds. Not everybody's Chris Bryant, Not everybody's Juan Soto. Not everybody's Ronald Cunha. So, you know, the fact that he came up last year and he struggled a little bit and he really hasn't improved, um, you know, year over year. He's basically done the same thing he did in 50 games last year. Uh, You know, there's not – I wouldn't be concerned and I wouldn't be jumping off of, you know, a a bridge over this. I I think there's still – you know, the pieces there. And as, as Joe and Nick both outlined, I mean, he's got the command of the strike zone. Like we know that and he's got the athleticism. We know that. So it's just really a matter of kind of putting it all together. Um, And he's still young enough and raw enough that he can do that. Um, You know, he knows what a bad pitch looks like. He doesn't swing at those too often. That allows him to take walks. Can also hit the ball hard and when he and and he does so making contact on the pitches that he's waiting for. Um to me, I, I think that this might be a guy that falls next year, and I'm gonna be in on him because I, I don't get the sense that there's this sort of unending um love for him among the fantasy community, at least in redraft, um, that there is sometimes for these you know, Uber prospects, Um, you know, for example, I mean, you know, we've beaten the Byron Buxton horse to death, but there always seems to be a a movement to push Buxton up the board, at least, you know, the last few years. I don't think there was that big movement this year for Moncada. I do think the price was a little high, but it never really got as out of control as I thought it might. And I, I don't expect it's going to based upon this year, And the state of second base where, you know, we've had several players sort of emerge. Um, So I'm kind of thinking that Mankata might be decently priced and it might be a good opportunity to buy him before the breakout really comes.
1: Sure. Like, for example, Vlad is going to go a number of rounds before Mankata is.
2: What do you think? What do you think? Give me a give me a, a shot in the dark. Throw a Juan Soto ADP at me next year. Juan Soto? One Soto. Um,
0: I think he'll be like. Do you know his line off the top of your that, head? That
1: sounds about right, Nick, to me. Because like I think I think Vlad is gonna go like maybe a hundred, a hundred and ten. Dude, you're out of your mind. Yeah, Vlad's gonna, going like oh God, top sixty. Say. Okay. He's going top sixty. Dude.
0: All right. Like, there you so, go.
2: Soto right now in the year. Um, is 16 home runs, two steals, 297 average, 413 OBP, 16.5 walk rate. Wait, wait, wait. Six, 16 19. home
1: runs, two steals?
0: Mm-hmm. two steals? Yeah. That's 393
1: plate appearances. 393 plate appearances. So that puts him at team. like, what, like 22 home runs and. Yeah, like he might he thousand. might go further than fifty. No, might, no, no, no. I, actually, I think in uh in OBP leagues he'll be much higher than in standard. I mean, twenty like twenty twenty five home runs and five stolen bases isn't like outstanding. It's not bad. All I
2: know is all I know is for anyone out there who wants to come come at me in five years. I told you before. I'll say it again. Juan Soto will be the better player than Vlad at the end of their careers. Come at me.
0: I'm not going to comment on that, but I will say I expect (laughs) once Soto to be inside the top sixty in all formats. He's amazing, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher. Five eleven, because he's a he's a shiny new toy, and the fantasy community loves their shiny new toys. Yep. Okay, that moves us to Alex Wood. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell us what you expect from Alex Wood? going forward what you make of this year what you've seen
2: Alex Wood is really interesting and different (laughs) I I love him uh he's starting to remind me of like Kyle Hendricks where I think that what's going to happen with him year to year is people are going to be like eh Alex Wood like he's like the boring guy as far as ADP goes when he comes around it's like I guess I'll take him to fill my roster but don't do that he's awesome he's 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 great. He's learning how to pitch with no velo, and he's doing it well. Um, He's got great control. He's got great command. He's a smart pitcher. He's really learning how to pitch the right way. If you watch him, he's got such composure. And if you watch his outings, like if you watch a full outing of Alex Wood, he's just so smart. He throws the right pitches. Um, That's why he has the 1.18 whip, and he throws the ball like 40 miles per hour. Um, I like him next year. I'll have him probably – uh, well above his ADP, which is the same thing as Kendrick's. I have, always have Hendrick's above his ADP. The fantasy community just doesn't respect these guys who don't get many keys, uh, but control a really nice ERA and whip total and good ratios. I actually think there is some upside as far as his ERA goes next year, because this year he fell into a little bit of a prolonged slump. And I don't, I, I kind of hate saying, Oh, take this away, take this away and then look at it. I don't want to do that anymore um i'll say this though he went through a really bad slump this year and if you take it away <laughs> it does, does come down a lot um so do i think he's a sub three era guy no that's really tough in this planet but i think he's a guy that you could draft and you could really bank on him being sub three five sub one point two zero width really good ratios, a ton of wins if you're in a win league, a ton of quality starts if you're in a quality start league, um, and just a reliable source of all things good. Give me that Wood. His ADP is going to wind up being like probably 130 overall next year, and that's freaking fine by me. I'll be all over it.
0: Question. Yes? Alex Wood or Masahiro Tanaka?
2: Tanaka. Uh, Tanaka.
0: What you just described is better than what Tanaka gives you.
2: Well, the, the K's aren't there. It depends on what type of league you're in. You need the K's, you go at Tanaka, and if and Tanaka has him in whip, Tanaka is only yeah
1: now they're about equal in whip.
2: No, what's Tanaka at whip? One point one. He's sub one point
1: five. No, no. Yeah, he's one point five right now. I'm almost positive. I'm checking right now.
2: If he's one one nine then it shot up a lot over the last month. I know he's given up a lot of uh, hits and nope, walks.
1: You're right, it's one one three. Okay, oh, one one three.
2: three. All right, so he's one one three. So he's got him whip wise, that's a that's a that's a healthy amount of points. Five he's, is got, a lot he's
1: got him in whip, a huge margin in K's, uh, and Wood's got him beat
2: pretty look, handily four, five, in, in, ERA. Four, five
1: in ERA. Yeah, I mean that's that's big. It's
2: it's big, it is big, but I I I think the upside is still with Tanaka.
1: Uh, hmm.
2: Like, like Alex Wood does not provide you with a lot of upside. He's a safe, you know what you're getting from him at this point. He's not gonna, he's not changing. He's not gonna start throwing harder next year.
1: So, the concerning look, what's up? I was
0: gonna say, he, he did throw harder last year after a stretch. Um, and, and I don't expect it to come back. And I, I will say this. I, I, I think, you know, in a vacuum, if you ask me to make the pick today, I'm probably taking Tanaka over Wood as well. Um, I think I'm a little bit less optimistic than Nick. I don't know if I'd put him as like a 3-4 type guy. But I he it's in his range of outcomes, certainly. And it's in his range of reasonable outcomes. Um, the thing about Wood versus Tanaka that makes me lean Tanaka is – I feel more confident that Tanaka is going to stay in the role that he's in. Good point. I, I feel like Wood is always a bad month away from ending up back in the bullpen.
1: As is any Dodger, Dodgers, not named Kershaw yeah. or yeah. Mueller at this point.
0: So that is what gives me hesitation with with Alex Wood as opposed to Tanaka. Otherwise, I think they are extremely, extremely close. Um, you know, and, and Wood also, I think, has a bit more um, injury concern than Tanaka. Um, you know, as you guys have made that case, um, throwing motion. Well, it's not even about the throwing motion, it's just about history. History, I mean,
1: yeah. Although
0: it is a guy that's really struggled to stay healthy,
1: yeah. So, yeah. Well, well I-, I was just gonna say that I, I mean, I think that the the one thing that does stand out, though, is the K rate, right? The dropping K rate, and it's come with the drop again in velo, right? I, I mean, I know he's done it with the lower velo, and he's actually a plus in all three of his pitches, which le- leads you to believe that he's, you know, he just knows how to pitch. Um, well,
0: he has de-emphasized the fastball. Yeah, so,
1: like, he's totally. It. He's 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 totally
0: realized that the fastball is not, yeah, not his path to success.
1: Yeah, and that's why, like, it's like I I don't know. It's like I don't know which side to pick, right? Because the K's are probably gonna stay down because he just doesn't have the fastball anymore.
2: They may drop even more. They have potential to go down,
1: but at the same time, right? It's it's good to see how well he can pitch with the yeah. diminished stuff, right? Yeah. Like it just goes to show you that he is a very intelligent pitcher and that's good to see. So like he's probably fleshing out to be the new Hendricks, right? I'm still not in on Hendricks, but how
2: are you Wood, not in on
1: Hendricks? Wood well cuz Wood's younger now. So like I there's less there's less of a possibility of of it just falling off completely.
0: God, I love Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, I love Kyle Hendricks too. Um <laughs> I Well, the the thing that I feel like I need to point out and and maybe I've got the numbers wrong, um but I don't feel like the K's are as bad as they're being made out to be. I thought he was around like 7.7 for 9 at this point.
1: Yeah. It's so not I mean, bad. But
0: it's he now. can live there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like
1: it's like like exactly like Kyle Hendricks. It's
0: not like you know six. So I mean, and and with that, I mean he can certainly, you know, live in that range and be effective. And and I don't know that I think that they're going to go down. I mean, he's he's a guy that I I I would imagine is probably a pretty good called strike guy given the arsenal. Um, You know, he's in the right league. For this skill set, you know, if he was in the AL in a bad ballpark, if he was in Baltimore, (laughs) sure, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, like it would be 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 a completely different story, but this is the NL and he's in LA and that's a nice ballpark. So, you know, I, I, I do think that I do agree with Nick that I do think he's kind of safe from a performance perspective. You know, if he was given the sort of leash that he probably should be given, I just don't know that he's got that leash. And you know he's also got he's got, a, I mean his second
2: pitch the slider I mean it's a new pitch, and it's got a nineteen percent swinging strike rate. So there
1: might. How, be, how often has he thrown that second pitch? Oh oh yeah, he went from like the curve to the yeah. slider, right? Like yeah. it's it's yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, nineteen percent is <laughs> is sexy.
1: So like um, more like a sweeping curve, I guess. Yeah, sort
2: of and and the change is good. So and he's getting double digit uh, swinging. Yeah, strike yeah, that's
1: that what I again. said. He's got he's he's got <clears throat> ratings and all his pitches.
2: Well, but, but the change up, the changing swinging strike went down a lot. It's probably because the velo on the fastball went down. But like if if the changeup goes up a little bit, I don't know. There could be some upside as far as the swing the the K's next year too. Like not crazy, but like if he gets back to eight, like the eight anything over eight is probably where you want him to be especially if he carries over the ERA and wit, uh, he's, he's a nice player. I know Pat was saying that he would probably take Tanaka over him and we kind of hit, hit negatives and positives, but we all like the player and the ADP next
0: year, right? Like, you know it's going to be good. Well, I think that this is a good example of what I'm talking about. Like, I suspect Tanaka will probably mm-hmm. be going inside the top 25. I also suspect that Alex Wood will probably be going somewhere around 35 or 40. And if you – take you know if if that assumption is correct i'd rather have wood at that price than have tanaka at his price
1: okay that's fine i i at this point right after now another season of tanaka although i think he's pitched pretty well um there are definitely some blemishes i think i'm with you pat
2: no i'm taking i'm still taking
1: tanaka um, I just want to see something where his, where Woods ADP was last year. And I'm looking that up right now because I think it was actually closer to like, I, yeah, I think like 35 is probably right. I was, he's about 35 and
0: I think he'll be there again. Yeah, I don't he's think he's done enough to 44, take with the, than that. 44
1: with the reliever. So yeah, it's probably like 35.
0: Yeah. Okay. Last guy, Shane Bieber. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a mid-season call-up. I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with him. I'm happy to take this one first. Sure. Um, he was certainly, I believe, one of our better in-season calls. Um, you know, we all seem to agree with a comp of Joe Musgrove when he was first called up. Um, he's kept the case higher than Musgrove ever did and has exhibited elite control, but The contact profile indicates that Bieber is just filling up the zone too much. He's got a 45.1% hard contact against that would be worst among MLB qualifiers among starting pitchers. And it would be significant. It's 3% higher for Bieber than it is the highest starting pitcher. Um, He would also lead the bigs in zone percentage among qualified starters. So, this is not to say that I don't think Bieber can be useful. He certainly can be, but I think he either is going to need better luck on hard hit balls, which is not the best path to take, or he's going to have to make the chain make a change. You know, he's going to have to throw a slider more, perhaps, because it is his plus pitch, um, and we've seen the Indians be very good at that sort of thing, where um, they've sort of been able to take these sort of fringy guys and turn them into, you know, borderline or, or, or straight out elite starting pitchers. I mean, they've done it now with Kluber. They've done it with Carrasco. They've done it with Clevenger. They've now done it with Bauer as well. Um, So there is certainly hope for Shane Bieber, but it's not, in its current form. He's going to have to make some sort of adjustment. Um, Maybe the adjustment is simply uh, I'm willing to walk a few more guys um, for the sake of (laughs) generating more swings and misses um, and, and not getting drilled in terms of contact. Well,
2: he's definitely been unlucky. I mean a four six six should probably be something like four one five.
0: Yeah, okay. That's um, I I can agree with that, but he shouldn't be what his peripherals are. His peripherals are like insane.
1: Yeah, so that was gonna be my question, right? Beaver's gonna be is Beaver gonna be the type of guy that um always has better estimators than he is. Is he is he Ricky in Alaska?
0: No, Nick Pavetta is Ricky Nolasco. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I listen. I, I think the kids would be
2: special. Um, and like Pat said, he took the words right out of my mouth. Um, the Indians pitching staff, they have <laughs> evolved guys so well over the last five years. Yes. Um, the way Carrasco's pitching right now, Kluber. He mentioned it already. I'm not going to repeat him, but they've been probably the best in the league. Um, so I, I really like the player. I really like. I mean, the fact that he's 23 and he does not walk guys at all. He's got great control, great command, and the slider is absolutely filthy off the charts. The break on it is insane if you've seen it. Um, yeah,
0: throw that bad boy more.
2: Yeah, please throw that bad boy more. He's got a 25% swinging strike on it right now.
0: On the
1: um, slider?
2: On the slider, yeah. Mm. So that's up there with the best of them. Um,
1: I mean, know. that's that's possible, right? Like, you get the off season, you get power yeah. in your year.
2: But... You throw the slider that much, and you gotta yeah, worry about injury a little more. bit. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, sure, and you're gonna walk guys more, but I, I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know. I, I think that I think what's gonna happen is that someone in your league is going to say, "Oh, his FIP was three two three, and his ex fip is three three eight, and his." Sierra's three four eight, you know I'm getting a steal here i'm going this
0: year's up, luke Weaver i'm gonna
1: reach up a little bit and grab him, and I think that player will probably end up having the same exact player that he is now unless he makes the change and and adds a slider to the mix more, so I think owners might try and get savvy and try and get the next best thing when. Bieber in his current form isn't really
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be. I don't think he'll get as high as Luke Weaver, but I think he is. You know, going to get that sort of buzz in the off season. Oh yeah, based on the the peripherals and the potential. Well, yeah, okay. because, because, because
1: Weaver had the Weaver had the results last year. Well,
0: yeah. we've had this discussion and it was. Let's, let's talk about Luke Weaver. It um, wasn't as good as you. You thought it was, but no, no, I, I
1: agree with you. I agree with you. But like the ERA was 388 compared to Bieber's four and a half, right?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I meant. That's what I meant.
2: I don't think, yeah. I don't think, listen, when people, I mean, Bieber wasn't that highly touted of a prospect, right? Like, no, so when, when he came up, I don't think people were like tuning in to see him. And what's gonna happen is every year, same thing at spring training, there's this guy and People What people are doing during spring training is watching pitching, really. And they're going to tune in and see this kid and see that breaking ball. And I think he's going to shoot up ADP, which sucks, because I definitely want him next year. Um, but he might be too rich for my blue. Well, ADP uh, guesses, what do you think?
0: I think he's definitely inside the top 50 coming draft time.
2: I was going to say like forty.
0: Five ish. Yeah, See, we're in the same ballpark. It's kind of expensive. I think it is going to be expensive because, and I, I don't even think Nick, it's going to be the, the, the spring training. I, I think it's going to be, you know, like Joe said, you know, yeah. like it's going to be people are going to look at those peripherals and. You know, it's not even just gonna be people, it's not gonna be average show drafter, it's gonna be the analyst it's it's gonna be the analysts like yeah. us, these scrubs, um, mm-hmm. that are gonna, you know, take a look and see, oh man, he was he deserved a lot better. Yeah. But yeah, no, Nick, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he shouldn't have he probably shouldn't be a four-six guy, but he definitely shouldn't be a mid threes guy either. Like and I think that there's gonna be some like uh, he could be a mid threes guy, and then suddenly he goes <whistles> to the to what we're talking about, I mean like you know top forty five type starting pitcher that's you know i i mean it it's kind of tough for me to say because you know you don't have the board in your head at this point of where he falls for you. Maybe it's not that bad, but I mean that does strike me as rich off the top of my head.
2: Bauer had a four one nine ERA last year. Just take that into consideration what the Indians are doing with these guys.
1: Well, I mean Bauer, though to be fair, is a freak, right? He's like a
2: freak, but he wasn't always a freak, Joe. They no, was-
1: no, 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 no. No, he was always, always a freak. Always a freak.
0: <laughs> Bro, <laughs> that's the thing. That's incorrect. He was, he was, he was always a freak. Always
1: tweaking pitches. We, always we were, well, for his whole it? career.
2: But I'm saying, like, all right, we were, we were all on him. We were all battered guy. I know me and Pat were definitely battered well, guys.
1: Well, we weren't, right? We were all, like – we were all, like – like, he was the mystery box of pitching this year. We were all, like, yo, he could be good, but he could also be really bad.
0: Yeah, they were, there were people that, that – I mean, he, his price was, like – he was, like, top 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't and think any
2: of us are really. In I on was it. like,
0: "Oh man, that is expensive for a guy that's like." Yeah, but but my must, like, my, my no my, results whatsoever over the course of his career. <laughs> my
2: point is, look, you look at what he's done, like year to year with the Indians, and what what they, well, let's say what they have done with him, and a lot of the Trevor Bauer bad. Shane Bieber doesn't have that because Bauer had some control issues year to year um, where Bieber has like zero control issues. He's already got the Ks where Bauer's Ks like were completely depleted for a couple of years there. Um, So I don't know if there's that much to tweak. And if they just tweak here and there, I don't know that, like we said, he's on, like right now it should be a 415 ERA. It's his first time in the bigs. He's 23 years old. Like if he has a three, eight ish ERA next year, with all those ratios, I don't know. I think I see a lot of Masahiro Tanaka. In these I was about guys. to say, he's yeah, like,
0: he's like he Masa. reminds me of Tanaka.
1: I have yeah, a I mean, for you both. go ahead. How did this podcast end up going two hours? Oh my god, I don't know.
0: How because we spent it? we spent a half hour yelling at each other about Masahiro
1: Tanaka. We did, we did pretty well though. We didn't actually yell. It was it was pretty civilized for us.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Are we done? I yeah, know. I think that's it. I think that's I think that's a wrap. Unless you guys have more on Shane Bieber.
1: No, go check out that uh, that Trevor Story home run though. It was a monster.
2: Yeah, guys. By the way, I was just offered a blockbuster: Juju Smith Schuster, shut up, Nick, and Adrian Peterson for
0: Antonio Brown rejected. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know, you. <laughs> all right that was Nick's fantasy football corner and on that note yeah the show is over so oh, like guys that. let them know where they can find you on twitter Nick's fantasy football corner can I do that at the end of every show you've been doing sure it, so. you've been doing it and I'm not going to be able to stop you so. Peyton Barber Peyton Barber Peyton Barber um all
2: right guys follow me
0: Nick FWO
2: guess what I'm tweeting and you're going to want to read those tweets
0: Trust me. Yeah, Nick <laughs> <Trust me. laughs> is going to be tweeting all about Tyrod Taylor for the next yeah.
1: it's- month. It's oh. almost one a.m. here, and we're all shot right now. At the Browns week one. Go ahead, Joe. All right, find me at Joe FWO tweeting about Alex Bregman and his hotness.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Patrick FWO tweeting about spoilers about this upcoming week's show and all sorts of fantastic gifs. Got and it. thank you guys so much for yeah, listening. thank
1: you for, for listening. We'll be back
0: next week.
2: Also, Kendris Morales went three for four tonight. If you don't own him yet in your league heading into the playoffs, pick him up now. Go get Stephen Piscotty. The guy is unconscious. Go get Jackie Bradley. He's at the leadoff spot. He's in and out of the Leo spot on Boston. So those three guys, guys, those are my three guys to pick up for the playoffs. Piscati, Jackie Bradley, Kendrick Morales. It's shocker alert. I own all three of them. All right, good night.
0: Shocker alert. If you love football, yelling at television screens with friends and wearing clothing with someone else's name on it, there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings, where you can enjoy football food and football beverages on our new $5 game day menu. Cheeseburger and fries, brats, cocktails, and pitchers of beer are just $5 each. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Price and participation vary by location, not valid with any other offer. Please drink responsibly.